Welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports. I'm your uh, host, Riley Paint, my best friend and co-host, Adrian Herndon here, and we're here to talk all things sports, and boy, do we have some topics to break down today. Yes, indeed. So after a rainy weekend, or rainy Friday night, uh, still got some good high school uh, football footage and football game action. Um some some disappointing news on, on on one side of the field or on the other side of the game with another team. But uh, all in all, uh, this week was interesting as, you know, this was uh, the week for some teams that, you know, kind of sealed their fate uh, in the playoffs and whether or not, you know, whether it's going to be seeding, uh, what seed they were going to get, whether it be third or fourth. Or, uh, for some, it was district championships. Uh, for others... It was a last shot hope to try to make it into the playoffs or, you yeah. know. Um, and then for some, it was just trying to win a game. Uh, yeah, you know. Trying to avoid your over season. Yeah. And then, you know, you, of course you have your teams like Dangerfield, Carthage, Gilmer, who at this point, their fates are sealed. You know, they're the number one teams in their district. Well, not not Dangerfield. Dangerfield actually has to win Friday to win the district. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. that. But for all intents and purposes, yeah. Yes. Because uh, I'm calling them number one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's what this week was like uh, for high school football. Uh, interesting uh, weekend for some college football as well. Um, college football at this point, man, it's like in shambles. It's, it's, it's no one is set except you have number one Georgia, you have number two Tennessee. Yep. Um, Alabama is still being Alabama, but I mean it's like every nothing is sure, especially in the especially in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. That's I, I'd say that that's, may be the worst conference in yeah. football. It turned out it looked like it was going to be the one of the best along with the uh, SEC. Yeah. yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, and then everybody started losing to each other. So. Yep. Um, All right. Well, let's get started. Let's jump into the high school side of things. Yep. You were at the Dangerfield game. I was unable to attend, but uh, Dangerfield handled Waskin thirty-two to fourteen. Yes. Rain game. Things are going to happen, but they, they got it. Done. I'm telling you, the score wasn't higher higher than it was simply because of the weather. Yeah. I mean, because Dangerfield. This is what I said. If you if you follow us on TikTok, uh, the same thing I said that, that Friday night is Dangerfield knows how. To handle adversity, and I seen that clearly Friday night. You know yeah. they had to revert to the run because of the weather, uh, the field being uh, slippery, so they had to they couldn't pass as much, so they had to run. Uh, they struggled here and there to, to to begin with, but then they got it when they got it going. They got it going, you know. Well, and two, that's a, that's tough because there's no environment there at uh, all. No, no fans, hardly. It, it was no like a fan. The whole no, the whole band wasn't yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the it was like a little league Saturday morning football game. Yeah, that's how it was. And it's hard to get teams motivated. It just it, it yeah. is, especially when it's a game that you expect to go out there and roll, and it's just like eh, you know, there, there's not much to this. We're just gonna kind of go out there and coast. Yeah. It, it just changes things. Uh, having it, I, I I was telling somebody uh, Friday night, you know, as it was pouring rain, I said, listen, these were. In my coaching days, I hated this because you knew there was no atmosphere. You knew that the conditions were less than perfect. I mean, you were just out there running plays, 
and hoping to win a, a ball game. It was, it was so quiet that you could hear the play calls. <laughs> yeah. It's like you could, you know, hear what the coaches were thinking, the play calls, every uh, snap count, and trash talk, all that on the yeah. field. Um, and so, yeah, there was nobody there. Dangerfield had a, uh, quite a bit of fans. Uh, they, they actually had canopies in the stands. Oh, yeah. You know, it brought umbrellas and canopies. Uh, Wascom didn't. Their fans started to leave after a while. Um, but other than that, man, yeah, it was a good game. I, I am very impressed with Dangerfield and how, the one, the coaches handled it, and then, two, how the players handled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here's another thing that I said is I, I seen the hunger in Dangerfield as a football team. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want to go in for halftime. And, and rightfully so. You had just had too many, two 30-minute two breaks, yeah. hour break. And then you had to go go into halftime. And then on top of that, during halftime, you had another lightning delay. So I've I, I seen the frustration, uh, but i also seen the hunger. You know, they was just they, they had just scored going into the uh, halftime. Uh, they, so they were up 18-7. to 7. They were ready to keep playing. Yeah. You know, let's get this over with. You know? uh, One, you, you've seen the score. You know, okay, we're up. We're going to get this thing rolling. Two, um, Dangerfield has a team of, of players now that have bought into this idea that we're looking at a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. We know we, you know, this is just a, a stepping stone to where we want to be. Yeah. Our our prize, you know, awaits us in two weeks when the playoffs start, mm-hmm. and they see that they're ready to just move on. Well, it's it's and what I seen and heard on the sideline was players holding each other accountable for certain things, and that that's a championship football yeah. team, and so. With, with that, you know, the coaches were getting on. I was telling you earlier about the coaches getting on to the offensive linemen for, about blocking, you know, blocking. Yeah. And, you know, I had some of them get on to the running backs, you know, because when you're a running back, it's like, you know, they want to be fancy, you want to juke and do all that stutter step. And it was just just run. And, yeah. you know, the, the players were, you know, holding the players, the, the, their teammates accountable, just telling them just to run the ball, you know. Yeah. Don't try to be fancy, just run. And, um, that's what I've seen from Dangerfield. So I'm overall impressed with Dangerfield. Uh, with how their season has been thus far and, how, and where it's going to go, where it's getting ready to go. Um, with Wascom, um, seeing them, I can see they still have that bite to them. Oh, yeah. Because they weren't, and this is why I told some of the people on the sideline Friday night, I said, they may be down, but they ain't no punks. No. And, yeah. and I've seen that. You know, they they... Dangerfield was handling them, but they was giving them for for a moment was giving them blow for blow. Um, but you know, ultimately they came up short. Uh, they was hard for them to stop the run, and then when Dangerfield was able to pass, uh, it was hard for them to even stop that. Uh, and I get it because like Dangerfield's a very athletic team. Team you have multiple D one athletes on that team, um, and, and when you look at it, I mean this isn't. Dangerfield isn't for show. I mean, they're for real. Right. Um, Wascom is just there. This is a down season, you know. Them, you know, losing Keelan mm-hmm. and the rest of their other coaching staff. And, and you brought back Coach Pearson, who had been the defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah. At there, when they won his, uh, the back-to-back state years, he was their defensive coordinator. Uh, he had retired. He'd come out of retirement. Retired again. He's coming back out of retirement to be to be the the head coach there, uh, and and he's got a. I've been telling you, like you say, he he doesn't want a team that's going to give up. He's going to give it all you got. 
but you did lose several athletes. Yeah, they were really down in the numbers. Uh, Co- Coach Keeling is the brains behind that flex bone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you lose him. Yeah. It's just a different atmosphere. Not saying that they can't get something going over there, but you did lose a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're just going to have to build your own, you know, uh, atmosphere for the first time in well over a decade. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many people that don't know that that's where Keeling, you know, now he's at Tatum. Mm-hmm. They don't know that's where he came from. They don't know the whole story behind it. <laughs> and I and I found myself, uh, me, uh, you and I both, uh, telling people the story behind that, you know, how yeah. he got to Tatum and every, yeah. what happened. Yeah, he left at Christmas and yeah. <laughs> took everybody with him, you yeah, know. And people were shocked. I'm like, yeah, that really happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Kudos to Dangerfield, man. Y'all keep, y'all keep, uh, y'all keep fighting, uh, keep going. Uh, let's see. Paul Pitt finally won a ball game, uh, <laughs> and they won sixty-eight to forty-two. They're not going to go over, but they're not in the playoffs just yet. So here, here's how it works, <laughs> and here's where it gets tricky this time of year. Now, Decab got beat. Yes. So that that shook up the district. New Boston's going to go in as one seed. Decab's going to go in as the two seed. Oh, Hooks going. I, I'm in. sorry, Hooks is the one seed. Yeah. Decab as the the two seed. And the New Boston. You've got New Boston as the three seed, and it's still a a, a toss up. But because of all of the shifts now, mm-hmm. things start going to points. It's not about just head to head. So not only does Pewitt have to win, they have to win. I I believe from what I understand about the way that there's so it's different in each um, district. I'll I'll, I'll kind of give you a little insight. So before each time that a district is put together, mm-hmm. okay, you have to have what you call a district executive uh, committee. Yeah. And so they have to get together, and you have to vote on all the rules. And each each one can determine how they want to handle tiebreakers, how they want to handle uh, playoff position seating, and, and all of those things. So it's, it's different in each district. So from what I'm understanding... Um, in Paul Pewitt's district, I believe that this is going to come down to where Pewitt has to win by 10 or more points, at least. I, I had read 13, so it's between 10 and 13 points that has to be the margin of error. So you can win a ball game and still not make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, well, Pewitt is just like, you know, and I'll say this about them, is we know that they can score. We know that they can put up points. It's oh, just yeah. them. That defense uh, is atrocious. Yeah, it, their defense being able to stop some stop a team and uh, knowing how to finish a game in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, even though they won sixty eight to to forty two or forty five, I think it was forty two. Yeah. Even though they won that game, they put up sixty eight points. They still let that team score forty two points. That's yeah. still a high scoring game, mm-hmm. uh, and you just can't allow that. You no, know? not in their position. No, I mean, you know, you, you you would think, but but it's it's what I've said about them, and I've said this about Pittsburgh. They can't go into any ball game just expecting to win. Yeah, uh, you would think that that's going to hold up against a, a Paris Chisholm, but because it goes back to like I said, those that point. Now you have to game plan, and people say, okay, well, how does that figure in? Now you have to game plan. Okay, we have to win, but we've got to do it in this way. Yeah. So we knew, uh, when I was at Harmony, we knew that we had to beat everybody, I think it was by eight points plus, to own all the tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. So you knew, not only do we have to get up, but we're going to put it on them. That way there's no question. Right. 
You know, and people think, oh, well, why are you running up the score? Well, because if something fluky happens at the end on the back side of the district, mm-hmm. you don't want anything to, to affect the fact that you're going to be the one seed going into the right. playoffs. You want to be out of, that, out of that conversation. Right, and you don't want to leave anything up to chance. So you want to do that. So if you're in Paul Pewitt's position uh, coming into Friday night, it's not that there's another game that you have to worry about. No, you've just got to worry about yours. Now... Uh, plus, you've got to, to worry about it in the position of, okay, we have to win this ball game by 14 points. That may affect you know your decision to take the opening kickoff, or it may affect your decision on when to go for it on fourth down, or when to, to uh, go for that onside kick. Right. I mean, you've got to think through all of those variables. And if you're Paul Pewitt, you can't afford not to paint the playoffs. Right. Uh, that's the expectation, Paul Pewitt. Uh, and they're not going to take anything less. So if you're Coach Dorsey and you're Coach uh, Cumro, you know, Coach Cumro's been doing this for 46 years. This isn't anything new to him. But you're sitting down right now. This is Monday. You're going, okay, here's the opening plays that I want to come out in. If you're Coach Cumro, here's mm-hmm. what I want to do. And you're relaying that to Coach Dorsey. Now, Coach Dorsey knows what your game plan is to open up the ball game, and he can kind of detail from there, okay, this is what I'm going to do if this situation comes up. Yeah. And you want to determine that now because in the heat of the moment on Friday, you don't want to have to be thinking about what am I going to do. It should be a predetermined plan. Now, again, there's things that happen in the course of the game that are going to cause you to change some things. But but choices like that, what you're going to do with the opening kickoff, um, when, when you might be willing to go for it, uh, when you're looking maybe to exploit something with a with an onside kick, those kind of need to be predetermined right, things. Right. That way, when you get to a game like this, you know, number one, I'm going to put my team in a position to win, but number two, we're going to secure the points necessary uh, to get that playoff spot and, and yeah. see what we can do moving forward. It's almost like a second can't be wasted because we know in that slot T offense, you're running the clock now. It's kind of a slow offense. Yes. Uh, you take up the majority of the game. But in this aspect, you have to be a little bit quicker. You can't waste a second. That uh, And with that week of a defense, see, that's, yeah. that's what's going to hurt Pewitt, is that at any moment, they give up points. Yeah. So you may secure that 14-point margin, and in 30, you know, running down the clock, and in 30 seconds, you may not lose the ball again, but you may lose your margin. Right. That's where it's tricky to me if you're Paul Pewitt. I think it, it, it's all hands on deck. I think you go for it on fourth down. I think that you, you've you got to try and keep the ball on your side of the field as long as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, it, that is a very bad position for a team like Paul Pewitt that gives up so many points per game. Yeah. It, it's not that you worry about can you score enough to get that margin, but can you hold them long enough to keep it. Right. Uh, that to me is going to be the thing to watch in Paul Pitt on uh, or, or uh, as Paul Pitt plays Friday night, uh, and we'll talk more about that matchup. So they play Paris Chisholm. Dangerfield's going to play Harmony yeah. uh, for the district championship in Harmony. Uh, don't let records deceive you. Both of them coming in five and zero in district play. That's a very weak district. Having seen uh, some film on Harmony, having seen uh, Dangerfield in person multiple times, I that's. I don't see any way that that's a close ball game. Harmony's changed their offense uh, up completely now. They're going spread. They're trying to throw the ball around. That's not something that anybody, in my opinion, is going to be able to do against Dangerfield and find success in it. Uh, and 
if that's the game plan, good luck. But I, I would expect that to, to be a runaway game for Dangerfield. Now, that you, you alluded to a heartbreaker in uh, Pittsburgh. I, as they fall to Liberty Island in Liberty Island, they they blow a 21-7 halftime lead. They give up, what did I figure, 20, 29? 27 point, points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 27 points in the fourth quarter, 29 in the second half, I think is what it No, what, it was uh, it was, uh, or was it just the it, fourth quarter? It was 34 quarter? points in the second half. Yeah, 34 in the second half, 20, 27 seven in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. quarter. And they lose that ball game forty-one to thirty. Yeah, man. Uh, it's what I told you uh, Friday night when I talked to you. Uh, I was literally disgusted. Disgusted. Not to call it a heartbreak doesn't do it justice. No, that's an understatement. Yeah, it's very understatement it, because it, I'm not even going to say in my opinion. It's from what I know. Pittsburgh had that game handed to them on a platter. You go in big like that. You dominated the first half. You're able to run. Okay, here's what I understand. You're able to run the football on them. Yes. Then you have a chance to go win the ball game, tied 28-28, and the second play of the game, you want to throw the ball? Or the second play of the drive, you want to throw the ball? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. And I'm not one, you know, I I'm, 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 I was a coach, so I'm a, I'm a proponent of coaches know, but that's one of those boneheaded decisions that I guarantee you, if you ask Coach Abert and you ask Coach Griffin, the offensive coordinator, if they could take that back, they take back that play call. Yeah. There's no way that they stand by that and say, we would do that over. Well, and I, my question is, what happened, you know? Because after, when they did that, you know, it was a pick six, right? Yeah. It's Everything went downhill for Pittsburgh at that point, you know? I wasn't at the game, but I kept up with the game while I was at the Dangerfield uh, game. Uh, kept up with score and everything. And I was legit thinking that Pittsburgh, okay, they have it. They're going to pull it out. They're going to go. They're going to get third place in the district. Yeah. Uh, they're going to play center and ha- uh, and and playoffs. And then, but by the time I had left Dangerfield and got back to Pittsburgh, they had already lost forty-one to thirty. So I'm like, what happened? You know, yeah. how did you lose your? League, how did you let what happened? What slipped that y'all could not continue to stop Liberty Allo? Yeah, and what what changed on your offense that you couldn't keep it going? And I was just literally sick to my stomach. Um, to me, that was the bigger takeaway: was the 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 offense's inability to continue scoring. Right, now, you can make adjustments, but you're telling me that they may don't know. That's and that's the thing is, how do you just stop scoring? Yeah, they scored one time in uh, the fourth quarter. One time, but how do you do that? You know, how do you just stop scoring after you've already put up twenty one points? And from from just some of the things I've seen, it was the offensive line just fell apart. I mean, you know, you go from having gaping holes to no holes. Yeah, now, that's a line problem. Um, that that is, for whatever reason, a decision of we're not going to keep mashing on you. Now we're going to kind of let you have your way with us. Yeah. And, and to win in that type of an offense, you have got to have the mentality: we're going to mash on you, and we're going to mash on you, and we're going to mash on you until you quit. You know, you th- that's the that is the beauty of a run heavy offense is you can make somebody quit. Exactly. You can hurt them and punish them, and I mean just lay it on them. And for whatever reason, they came out in the second half and said, "Okay, well, yeah, you get a 
you get a sack and you get a tackle and you get, I mean, it, it just, I, I don't understand that. And that has been, you know, the frustration with this Pittsburgh team is that they, there doesn't seem to be that killer mentality with that ball club. No, I mean, not, that, at, not all. at all. And, you know, it's another word that I use is, you know, talking about their confidence. It's, their confidence isn't there. They're no, very they're arrogance. arrogance. Yeah. They're very arrogant. And, and and talking with some of the players, you know, it's okay to be confident. You can tell confidence from arrogance. And when you're confident, you're com- you're, you're saying they may be better, but we're going to go out and we're going to play. We're going to have some heart. We're going to play do the best that we can or, you know, play the best that, to our ability and we're looking to win. No, this is what they—the Aryan gets that have. We're gonna win, you know. And it's it's in the attitude as we don't care who they are. We don't. It's we're gonna win, you know. They just don't. They but don't you're take in, two and seven. Yeah, but they don't take into consideration that that's what they are. Yeah, and it's almost like it's a delusional type thing. But where is that? That that to but me. But see that I think that it's not from the coaches. I believe no, that's that from the players. Be. It's the it's I, I believe it's from the the players side, and it's not bashing them, but it's for them to wake up into reality. And you're not as good as what you think you are. Right. You still have to play teams, and I think that's what they're forgetting is they're just saying throughout the week, "Oh, we're going to win. We're going to play. We're going to beat." You still have to play them on Friday night. Yeah. You know, it, the win isn't handed to you when you step on the field for warm-ups. Right. You have to line up and you have to play these guys. And that's what we've been preaching all season is any given Friday night, anybody can win. You still have to line up and play. Yeah. And it's like Pittsburgh forgets that. Right. You know, the coaches don't, but the players do. And, you know... We talked about we've talked about you know this team being young. It's, it's full of sophomores that are starting at running back and uh, quarterback. Yeah, and on you know and so you have and on defense, so you have a young team full of starters uh, that are sophomores. Well, you look at this the, the sophomore class as I said before, they were good their eighth grade year, then they were good their freshman year. They're not used to losing. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost as they they as if they've come onto void onto varsity, with the mentality is, these games are just going to be handed to us. Right. No, you still have to play. Mm-hmm. This is a different <laughs> level, different speed, different mentality. You you would think, and here's my my deal. You would think you would learn that when you're down fifty two to seven to. Uh, Carthage. Yeah. You would think that you would learn that when you blow the game to uh, Mount Pleasant that was a winnable game. Yeah. You'd think you'd learn that when Frisco Independence takes it to you, when Anna takes it to yeah. you, when Tatum beats you. I mean, <laughs> you, you would have thought that somewhere and, along the way they yeah. take their lumps and they learn. No, not at all. <laughs> no, they did it. And, and they didn't get better. And that's why I was saying, you know, I did at the beginning of the season. I'm like, I, I had that hope. You know, they're going to be good. They're yeah. going to be okay. But now I see I was wrong. They're not. Now, in the seasons to come, I do believe that they'll be okay. But as far as this season goes, they're not okay. No. They're even looking forward. I think they'll be okay. I don't think it, it would take a large leap. Yes. 
to, to get to the top end of that dish. Because he's going to have to break some mentalities. Yeah. Uh, and some habits. He's going to have to break some of them down, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to be, you're going to have to probably implement some other things. This is the thing that we noticed uh, over the summer was you had a bunch of their players going to these football camps at seven on sevens. Where they're running out of spread offense. Well, that you're not gonna run as a team at all, and so you're you're running out of a spread offense now. If you're if you play majority defense, that helps with your coverage. Exactly. If you're if you're a, a DB, yeah. But if you're an offensive player and all you're doing all all you're doing over the summer is running out of the spread, you're not learning your system. No. And if you're if you're a quarterback, you're not getting into looks because those routes are not anywhere close to the routes you're gonna run out of your offense. Exactly. And I don't under what I say is he he's gonna have to shut that down. They have to work out as a team in order to understand that offense and to get it down as a team. Yeah. And to know how to maneuver and play as a team. And that's one thing Pittsburgh doesn't do. It's very easy to get excited for your teammates when you're winning big and they're making big plays. Mm-hmm. It's very excited. I mean, it's very easy because that's what's expected. You know. Yeah, you're going to get it. anybody's going to get excited, but it's in the moments where you're down and you're not winning. Yeah, that's when they they fall apart. And, and they that's they're where not your together. leadership comes in, and they don't have they it. don't yeah they don't have that. And and we've seen it on the sideline. They yeah. don't have that mentality when they're when we're down, we're going to hold each other up. We're going to hold each other account. No, they don't do that. I've seen maybe one or two players do that, but they fall apart. They don't. They fall apart as a team, and they don't carry on as a team. No, and that's one thing that, like I said, he's got the. There's gonna have to be mentalities broken and habits broken, for in order for you to have any sort of success next season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So Gilmer rolls Spring Hill fifty-four to nothing. Nobody surprised there. And uh, Pleasant Grove blows out North Lamar fifty-five to nothing as well. So, looking at the schedule for that district coming up, already mentioned you've got Dangerfield at Harmony uh, for the district championship. You've got Paul Pitt at Paris Chisholm fighting for a spot in the playoffs. You've got Pittsburgh versus Gilmer. We'll be at that game. Excited to see uh, Gilmer in yeah. person. Uh, and after having seen Carthage in person, I want to see what Gilmer looks like in person to see. I, I believe that's going to be a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, getting the eye test uh, will, will be a big thing there. And, of course, Pittsburgh's got to win. Well, I mean, uh, it doesn't have to win, but Pittsburgh uh, has to at least play within the margin of error because it's the same situation over in North Lamar. Right. I, I, it's just one of those things. Uh, but Pittsburgh seemingly has secured the fourth spot in the playoffs. That's going to set you up to go play Carthage. Good luck with that. Uh, have fun. Uh, Pleasant Grove will be at Spring Hill. Expect that to be a blowout. Then you have Liberty Island at North Lamar. And again, North Lamar could secure a playoff spot with a 15-point win and a Pittsburgh loss. Uh, But don't expect that to happen. I I don't see that happening at all whatsoever. That would be a good story for North Lamar. But I don't see that. I don't see them beating North. I mean, uh, Olympic Island. No, but so not a lot of intrigue on the football side of things. Most of the districts have been decided. There's a few 
uh, outliers, but but those are kind of still districts with clear-cut top-end teams. Yeah. They just haven't played the other team that's going to be your clear second place. Um, college football. All top four teams in the AP poll win. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, Ohio State uh, is the number one team in the country right now. You have, I, I'm sorry, Georgia's number one team. Ohio State's number two, tied Ten, with Tennessee. With Tennessee. And then you have Michigan, number four. Now, having said that, everything could change because this coming week, you have Georgia playing Tennessee. Yeah. So hold on to that thought because I'm going to get to some playoff thoughts here in just a minute. But all top four teams win. The other thing, the Michigan State fight in the in the tunnel with the Michigan player. Yeah. That is as unnecessary. That was sickening to th- see. That was terrible. They it's like yeah. they now I don't because I seen clip a clip of it. I don't know what happened prior to that. But the way as a team you and this just one player you don't that's sickening to watch. Yes. And that team should be held accountable yes. for their actions and what they did because that shows lack of sportsmanship, lack of character, and regardless of what may have transpired before, as a team, you should hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. You should not go and start beating up on players as a team. That one was player, One player. And, and I saw where... Three players, I believe, have been suspended. They should be off the team. Yeah, I mean, forget, forget suspended. They should be off the team. I mean, it, it it got to the point, and here's how you know things got out of hand. That's a police investigation. That's a yeah. criminal investigation because it's an they, assault. I mean, yeah, they took a helmet. They hit the guy. I mean, you've got twenty on one. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, that situation that should never happen. Yeah, ever. I don't care what's going on. That should never happen at any sporting event in any situation. That is a a terrible look for Mel Tucker in Michigan State, uh, and that whole entire administration. That that that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I I mean I saw I was like dude like I I was sick when I seen that video. I I didn't I don't understand how as a team. You just decide we're gonna jump this one play. I don't care. Like I said, I don't care what transpired before. There's nothing that can excuse that yeah. behavior. No, because someone should have been the bigger person. To say, no, nah, y'all, let's just you know, let, leave them alone. Let's let's walk on, you know, walk away. And where's let, the coaching staff? That's another question. Where were they? Because you see this group of players, and there's not a coach in sight. No, yeah, and you know that they're in the tunnel, and the reason we know that was because uh, Penn State, Michigan, almost fought the week before. Yeah, because uh, Coach Franklin wanted to yell at Coach Harbaugh. You know, yeah, like, and you know that that takes place. So you know that they're in there, but that's ridiculous. That that entire situation is ridiculous. Those players should be suspended for life from college football. That, uh, and, and I'm sorry because that goes beyond. And I understand you. Know, Kids do stupid things, and, and you want to give them second chances. But that was that went beyond. Well, when it goes to the point where it's a it's in a police invest, investigation and charges could be brought up. Yeah, that's when yeah they they have they're probably going to be kicked off that team because now you, 
you could be possibly charged with an with an assault. So yes, you know, and that's the thing, man. You, I understand these guys. That these are you know, kids. You're well grown now. You're twenty in your twenties. Uh, some of them may be nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. You're right. Either way, you're old enough to know that I'm in a position now where I'm trying to get to the next level. We're I'm playing at the next level, trying to get to the mm-hmm. next, and. I can't do anything that jeopardizes my future. Right. Especially something as small as that. For no reason. And besides that, even if you're not playing at the next level, why would you want to put yourself in a position? That is a charge that will be on your rap sheet for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, it just, that was sickening to watch. That is not a good look for Michigan State. Not a good look for the Big Ten. Not a good look for college football. That those type of things happen. Uh, and I, I, I hope uh, that the Big Ten knows the right thing, that they step in and issue a further suspension. I hope that they levy some sort of a fine against Michigan State. Uh, and, you know, if, if law enforcement deems it necessary that they do their part uh, moving forward in that investigation. But that was just a terrible look for uh, Michigan State all yeah. the way around. Just, just awful. Uh, so where Brian Harson got fired today uh, from Auburn, so Auburn's gonna be looking for a new head football coach. Everybody saw this coming, you know. He, he, from day one, that's been a bad fit for him mm-hmm. over there. I mean, and he's done things to run off assistant coaches, to lose <laughs> some recruits. Uh, coming into the season, you know, there was this question about should he even be allowed to continue here, and finally they just. After losing four straight SEC games, they look and they say, okay, time to cut bait. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, don't know where he's going to wind up or if he winds up anywhere on the college scene. That's going to be a good job. It's still Auburn. You're still in the SEC. You still have all of those things on the table. They can pay well. It'll be interesting to see kind of what names uh, pop up for that job. I would think that... Lane Kiffin's going to get tossed around. In the past, John Gruden has been up for that job. Mm -hmm. uh, And he was actually in Arkansas a few, well, it's been a couple months ago now, at the Touchdown Club in Arkansas. Those those guys get, like, everybody. So there's this Touchdown Club down there. It's a high school thing. They get everybody. They had John Gruden one week. They had Ed Orgeron another week. I mean, they they get, like, anybody and everybody, right? And uh, so anyways... They finally um, are there, and they asked him about it. He was like, hey, I would be open to a college job. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear John Gruden get tossed around. I think that would be interesting for Auburn. Uh, I think John Gruden would be a good fit for them. Yeah. Uh, just his coaching style and his playing style uh, and what he likes to do on on offense. Uh, he's very a hard-nosed type of football coach you know he came up mm-hmm. in the, the the 90s in the late 90s early 2000s where it was still hard nose you know yeah um him coaching the buccaneers which at that time was a very run heavy you had mike ostoff and run heavy offense so uh and then what he did with oakland for the time that he was uh there so i think auburn you know them cutting their coach loose uh, there's some other teams that need to follow suit, but you know, but some of them have, but there's still some that needs to follow suit. Oh, I'm about to talk about. One. Yeah, I've got a big job. Yeah, Auburn's yeah. A, a big job, but but I got a bigger job as yeah. far as money. Yeah, uh, and so 
I think you know that, like you said, that's a good job, John Gruden. I could see that. I, I don't know, but I could just see it because here's the deal: John Gruden's not going to get another NFL job. No, that's just they burned that bridge. They, with they him. burned that bridge. I mean, and then he turns around and he sues the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going back there. He obviously still wants to coach football. Uh, Auburn's a fun place. It kind of fits his charisma, you know, and all of that. He's yeah. kind of he was like the Lane Kiffin of the NFL to an extent, kind of. Uh, with some of the things he was doing. So I could see that. Uh, I, I Again, I can see Lane Kiffin getting put up for that job. That yeah. name being tossed around. But back to uh, the John Gruden side of it. You go there. You kind of rebuild yourself as a foot To where now people are once again focused on you as a football coach. Right. You go there. You win. You, you know, you get to play Alabama. You get to play Texas A&M. You get to play those guys. You win those games, and now nobody cares about your NFL stuff. It's, hey, he's he's winning football right. games, and it's back to that. And you get to do what you love without exactly. all of the NFL, uh, without Roger Goodell, yeah. without the, the politics of ownership. You get to do your thing and just coach football. Exactly. And not have to worry about some of the other things that you have to worry about in the NFL. Exactly. And uh, I believe that's, you know, for any uh, NFL coach that's looking for a job, either high school or college is a good fit for them. And most of them have gone on uh, down, you know, to coach high school um, and, you know, do great there. Yeah. It's because, like you said, it's not. It's less about the ownership and all this NFL rules and all this crap, and you know the players being full-grown men with uh, paychecks. You get to coach the way you want to coach, and you may have people that's on your back about it, but at the end of the day, you're not. They're not paying you. Rather, it's yeah. more. It's just. It's just a lot more freedom, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There's a lot more freedom you in, can be in the, those levels. And that, that was the failure of Urban Meyer. Yeah. Was that he was so used to being the dictator. And everything went through him. It was his way or the highway. And then all of a sudden he had to deal with guys with all of their opinions and all of their contracts and ownership and, and the publicity that comes with the politics of all of those things. And on top of that... The Auburn job is going to pay you as much as some of the NFL jobs. Exactly. That's where we're at in college football is that we're paying these guys enough money to where they don't have to go to the NFL to make money. Right. They can stay right where they're at and make as much, if not more, money in some And cases. the way the NFL is going now, I would not budge. Oh, no. Not at, at all. I would not budge. I would stay where I'm at. I would not try and dabble in the NFL. No. Uh, at all. Because the, the way contracts are being just handed out... Uh, the way players are being able to just negotiate and do whatever whatever terms they on their terms, the ownership are more for the players than the coaches. The NFL is more for the players than the coaches. The coaches are like the sideline guys now. They're 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 really just the managers of the team. Yeah, you don't you don't see any coaches that are like real coaches anymore, except for Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which we'll get to in just a minute, but. Uh, but I, I don't know if he's going to be up for that job. I, I just, you know, I, I remember that he had been up for that job previously. I think that that could be an interesting little fit there. It will it will be interesting to see who all kind of gets mentioned for that job and, and kind of the way that that one goes. The other job that's going to pay a ton of money is Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas I, A&M lost again. Yeah, I knew that's okay. where he was going. Okay, Jimbo 
has got to go. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Jimbo's got to go. Uh, Jimbo's got to go. And I like Jimbo Fisher. I thought that was a great hire when they hired him. I thought that he you know had things going his way. He got ripped off, in my opinion, in 2020. He should have been one of the top four teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, over Ohio State that year, I didn't understand that at all. He got ripped off, and I said, okay, you got ripped off this year. You'll build off of it. And he didn't. No. Uh I, I just don't know what you're going to do uh, if you're Jimbo Fisher. You're already losing recruits. You're going to lose more recruits that are going to just jump ship on you. And that's the only reason that they've kept him there as long as they have is that all these supposed you know top recruits. Green, you know, recruits are coming there. Now you have them threatening to leave or leaving. What do you think you, know, you can do if you're Jimbo Fisher? I mean, you... You can't look around and go, oh, we're going to be great next year. No. Yeah. No, no. And you're supposed to be an offensive guy. You're not putting up points. I, I don't know. I say for them, for one, you rethink your quarterback position. Uh, make That should be first and foremost. That's where you recruit. Make your recruiting uh, uh, head towards because we now see that, what's his name? Um. Haynes King. Haynes King is not the answer. No, and then the backup isn't too far off from being better than he is. But but uh, but okay. Here's the the other thing. If you if you say you know we're done with Haynes King, you lose some recruiting power in East Texas. But I would say that I mean because that's a sacrifice you had to be willing to make. If a guy isn't it, he ain't it. I, just as simple as that. But, now, but who's to it? say he's not it? Maybe it's Jimbo Fisher. That's okay. the question. Is do you, Does anybody think, and I don't know the answer to this, you know, Jimbo's supposed to be the offensive guru. He's supposed yeah. to be one of the top offensive coaches in the country. So you would think that if he made to develop a quarterback, it's him. Yeah. But what if you had Steve Sarkeesian who... Got Gwen Ears, turned him into what everybody thought he should be. What if he? What if? What if he had Ains King? You know, what if he had taken the Texas A and M job? I mean, it's just you start looking. Okay, what if Haynes King transfers out of there? You keep Jimbo. Haynes King transfers to let's say Ole Miss, and Lane Kiffin's still there, and now all of a sudden he's throwing dimes and bombs, you know, left and right. And he's putting up all the points in the country. Well, then you could try something like that. I, I mean, that could be a possibility. I, I, I just don't point. know if you keep Jimbo and he pushes Haynes to the side, I think that there's a possibility that you lose again. You see what I'm saying? Because now you're still stuck with the coach. Yeah. Your quarterback goes to somewhere else and turns out to be everybody, everything everybody thought he would be. And now you've got kids looking, oh, well, if you did that to him, you'll do it to me. I'm not coming there. I, I, I just say... I still say for that tie here in East Texas, you will have to you will have to really consider. Okay, it's almost like the Pete Carroll and and and, and Russell Wilson type of. Oh, thing. I have a lot to say about that too. You know, it, it's it's almost like that. Now you have to decide between a head coach and your starting quarterback. And for for A and M, you don't want to waste. Because this is Haynes King's second year. You don't want to waste his third year, you know. If you really think he's talented. And that's going to be the question. 
is who in 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 the the A and M hierarchy looks at him and goes, "That's a good football player." If he's good, then and he, get another coach and help and right. to develop him to where he or to build around him to where he can be the player that he's. Supposed he got to be. hurt last year, so we don't know what he would have been like. Last exactly, year. and so. You know, and everybody's quick to say, oh, well, this is the quarterback you would have been. Well, how do we know that? Because now we're a year removed from, from everything. You've gone through this whole offseason where it seems like Jimbo was more focused on winning a war of words with Nick Saban and winning the recruiting battle than he was preparing his team to actually play Alabama yeah. uh, and do things like that. And now he's on the periphery of not even getting a bowl game. Yeah. I just don't see a way where you can keep Jimbo Fisher and be successful next year. I just don't see it. This seems that you bring up the the war of words with Nick Saban over the summer, along with Deion Sanders and a couple of others. When you do that, that takes away. Okay, I think a lot of people saw that as, as well as the kids. So okay, you know, I don't want to be caught up in a situation like that. It doesn't yeah. look good on the program. It didn't look good for Jimbo Fisher because how he just passed out on at in the you know. If he would have had a press conference and said, we don't buy players, people would have respected it. But when you get up there and you get a high pitched voice and you go, Hey, look at his pass. See what kind of man he really is. And all that, that <laughs> like really? That's where you lose credibility with the whole country. Like yeah. he did that it was like you have got to be kidding me. Like, uh, that he is was, a grown man throwing a hissy fit on nearly, national television. The man was nearly in tears. <laughs> I, I, there was some shaking in his voice. <laughs> trembling in his voice. I mean, but when you, when you see stuff like that, that's discouraging. Like, dang, that's our head coach? You know, yeah. he's losing his head like that? But exactly. You you, you kind of threw yourself down there, man, as a, as a bottom feeder. And you made look, Nick Saban look. Exactly like what he is, Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama, who of a team that's above you. Yeah, you know, and if you're so called one of the top recruiting teams in the in the country, be that. Exactly. Regardless, just be that and show and develop your recruits. Yeah, that's my thing. And this is we do this with recruiting classes. We do it with with players that get drafted in the NFL. You can get the top guys all day long, mm-hmm. but if you can't develop them, that means absolutely nothing. Well, it's just like we mentioned with uh, the uh, Arch Manning uh, situation. situation with Texas. It's uh, And I told you before, it's all about how he wants to be developed as yeah. a player. If, if a player coming out of high school, a top recruit especially, or, well, any player, can go to a college and visit with coaches and sit down and talk with coaches... And, and by the end of that meeting, say, I know this guy's going to make me the player that I want to be. Yeah. And he makes his decision from there. That's good. But if you can't go to a college and say, and all you're saying, well, we're one of the top recruit nations, and da 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 and you're just spouting off all your success, then, and you don't tell that player about how you're going to make him grow as a player. Or have any wins to show for it. Yeah. If you don't do that, then... That player's gonna leave there. Yeah, there's no point in me coming here. I can't. I'm not gonna fit in. I'm not gonna. They're right. not trying to do anything to change or be better. And, and the thing about it is, Jimbo, if he's gonna go into those living rooms and make his recruiting pitch, he has no statement wins this entire season at all. 
Like you have nothing to back yourself up no. with. And that that's the big deal about it is and this you know, just like the Arch Manning in Texas, you know, Texas has more wins than Texas A and M right yeah. now. But you don't have an argument to give. You know, you don't have any kind of cherry toppings if if to speak of other than almost beating Alabama. Yeah. You just don't. At this point, what I say is get who you can get in the recruiting. Get who you can get. If you keep Jimbo. Yeah, if you get if you keep Jimbo, get who you can get. And develop them. Yeah. Make your team better. I still say Outside chance, Urban Myers, the head coach of Texas A&M next season. Possibility. But that board is going to have to see that Jimbo is, you know, he's slipping. This season was, was horrible. For everything that was said during the summer with him, between him uh, and and Saban. And the, that's the problem is he talked his way out of a future job. Yeah. Like if things went south at Texas A&M he said because too, of what he yeah. said too much. Yeah, said too much. And <laughs> now it's like when you said that, now you have to back yourself up. You have to back that up. Yeah. And he obviously isn't backing it up at all. I mean, the best you can hope for is like maybe a Pac-12 job <laughs> you know, or something. <laughs> maybe. You know? Maybe. He can go you know. to the East Coast, you know. Yeah. Get one of them jobs. Boston Duke. College. Yeah, Duke. Duke. But, I, well, I don't know. Uh, uh, Jason Garrett couldn't get the Duke job. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's a different story, though. That's a different topic. That's, I don't even know where that guy is now. He's on television. He is? He's a TV analyst. For who? Um, One of the networks, because he, he analyzed the Cowboys game the other day. Oh, studio the analyst. audacity. <laughs> the audacity. Uh, I was try- I, I think it was the, the uh, NBC. Maybe, maybe he's on. NBC. Uh, I think so. I, I want to say he replaced um, Drew Brees. Possibly the, the audacity. He has a lot more personality than Drew Brees does. That's true. But but I want to say it's NBC. It's one of the networks. Anyways, he's a studio oh. analyst. No hard feelings there. He didn't. Oh no, I had definite hard feelings. And I was well, listening to him analyze, like, how, how, how dare you? Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't do anything. What are you talking about? You could win a game, man. Well, yeah, to listen to him analyze that game, or to have listened to him analyze that game, it's like, why didn't you do this when you was coaching? Yeah, like, like you when you had all of this. Well, you know, but um, he didn't, when I say no hard feelings, he didn't leave Dallas with any hard feelings. He His last game, he was out on the field tossing the ball to his kids. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it was, he was it was, was smile. He saw, he knew. He was like, he had hey. a Dr. Pepper and a smile. Yep. Had a box of Papa John's to take home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, moving on to some playoff predictions. So, as it stands right now, of course, you would have Georgia, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Ohio State, and Michigan. Okay, but Georgia plays Tennessee this weekend. Yeah. The winner of that game, okay, uh, moves on to the SEC championship to play Alabama if Alabama wins out. Yeah. The only way that Tennessee, if Tennessee loses to Georgia, the only way Tennessee in my book gets again is if it's a close game and then Georgia blows out Alabama. Outside of that... I don't see where it works. 
Tennessee's one of those teams. Georgia's where, in the same boat. Yeah. If they lose and Alabama beats Tennessee, Georgia's out. Unless you say that the margin of error is close enough to where you put those top three in mm-hmm. and you say that the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan Big Ten Championship game, okay, is somehow worse, even though they all got one losses, that, that those wins don't equal out. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's going to come down to the fact, and this is, the, this is where we're headed with college football, and this is why... Texas and Oklahoma won out of the Big 12, and I'll talk about that more in a minute, is because the SEC strength of schedule is unmatched. When it comes down to it, when we start talking about this, the SEC strength of schedule is unmatched. So, so their one loss is better than your one loss. Yeah. And that's just where we... That's where we're at. Now, the, the first set of ranking uh, playoff rankings uh, from the committee will come out tomorrow. Those really are meaningless other than to show us kind of what they're thinking right now. But but the big time when you really start paying attention to those releases is later on in November and into early December because then you've played your conference championship games and that kind of thing. And we still have too many games left in front of us. But it will give me a better idea, give us all a better idea of kind of what they're thinking as it stands. And on top of that, you still have an undefeated TCU. The problem with TCU is that the Big 12 is so bad that even winning that conference doesn't compare to losing one game in the SEC. Right. That's why you have so many schools bailing on their conferences because they're looking around going, the rest of the teams are so bad that even if I win my conference, it, it's not even going to come close. It's like UCLA is going to win the Pac-12, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh but that the being a Pac-12 champion doesn't compare to being a one-loss SEC team. It just doesn't. Because whatever I thought, USC had a shot, then USC got beat, and that threw the whole conference out of balance. Yeah. Well, and that this shows you how much of a power conference the big the, uh, the SEC is. Because when you have teams like Alabama, you have teams like Georgia, Tennessee. Uh, you still have Ole Miss. Ole Miss. You have LSU. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Brian Kelly's turned the ship around down yeah, there so in the bayou. It's, it's, it's a hard conversation, but it makes sense. Yo, you can't. Those teams are unmatched. And then you have Clemson, who may win the ACC, but they've got some close games with exactly. Boston College, uh, Syracuse. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not like they've just blown out the conference. No. That it, but like I said, it's a hard conversation, but it makes sense when you those teams are just unmatched, and um, but for Texas to to say to want to come out of their conference now it makes a lot more sense now. Texas is, in my opinion, is the only team that could match. Maybe uh, Oklahoma, once they get going, could match up. But I don't know that they're going to get going to Oklahoma. That's a putrid offense. That is disgusting. Well, you don't think they could get another offensive coordinator that probably could get something going there. Well, maybe. But then it goes back to, is Will Venables good enough to be a head football coach? He was a great defensive coordinator. And and this happens. These guys, you know, they're coordinators on these standalone national games. We get to watch them in the national championship many times. 
You know, and they, that mm-hmm. stalwart of a defense, and then now all of a sudden, okay, we got to get this guy a head job. He's from here. Let's make him the head football coach because Lincoln Riley's clean house. He's taking everybody with him. We got to do something to, to stop the bleeding. Bob Stoops doesn't want to come back out of retirement, so the next best thing is Will Venables. Right, okay. But is he really a head football coach? We've had this conversation before. When you take coordinators and turn them in and give them those head coaching positions, is you have them where they're so they're so strong. I, I'm sorry, ball. Brett Venables. I don't know why I kept saying Will. He's a a, a baseball player. I knew I was, <laughs> but um, they're so strong on one side of the ball because that's what they know best. Mm-hmm. So that's just like. Uh, This is the best one I can think of. Dan Quinn, who's now the defensive coordinator, Dallas Cowboys. When he was the head coach in Atlanta the year they went to the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. he knew defense. He didn't know offense very well. Even though he had a good offense, he didn't know offense very well. And it showed along with... But he he stuck to what he knew best because when when he was in Seattle, um, he, he led the Legion of Boom. You know, that defense. And now he's in Dallas, and he has the top defense. Yeah. So he's sticking with what he knows best. Now, he could be an interim head coach, but as far as long term, I don't think so. Um, But in college, it's the same thing. You have these guys who coached one specific thing, and it seemed like, okay, they've done good here. Maybe they can do good here. But the thing with a head head coaching job is now you have to coach – and be over everything, not just that one, uh, not just defense or offense. You have to be over offense and defense. And right now with Oklahoma, it looked like at the beginning they had a pretty good offense going where they were going to be able to run the ball very well, mm-hmm. have a good running game. But uh, as the season went on, that fell apart. Yeah. And they don't. the quarterback that they have now isn't good enough to throw the ball, um, let alone stand in the pocket. Yeah. And so they just have some really, so a, a lot of rethinking to do about what they're going to do and what they they want to do on offense. Now, this is the interesting thing is um, the run is still somewhat working or will work for them. They just have to find their identity in it yeah. and what they want to do. Passing the ball is not for Oklahoma right now because that's no. not they, they don't have a quarterback to do that. No. But if they can find their identity in the run game and stick to it and build and grow off of that, they'll be okay. Yeah, uh, and, and I think once they do that, that'll bring a whole new, whole new feel to the SEC. SEC because you don't see that outside uh, Alabama, right? Um, Texas, everybody else is a throwing team. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's when I say Oklahoma will be okay if they could if they could find their identity on that offense, they'll be okay. Other than that, Texas looks like they're the only ones that's going to have any kind of shot of beating anyone. Uh, in the SEC. But even they are probably a year or two away, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, from kind of being in that conversation. But how bad is They're recruiting, the Big 12? recruiting is a lot better than A&M's. That's true. But how bad is the Big 12? I mean, Oklahoma State gets embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought that, that was... I, I really thought, okay, that's the other heavyweight to kind of balance out TCU. No. But it's not. And that's... But see, that kind of thing is what's taking away from TCU's 
uh, resume as far as the playoff committee is concerned because you look, and I just don't see where that lines up. So my prediction is you're going to have, and somehow in this, I don't know how you're going to place everybody. You're going to have Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think of the top four teams in some order. Yeah. Assuming now, okay, here, and this is a big assumption that the Georgia Tennessee game is a close game, one way or the other. Yeah. Because they can't lose by a large margin of error and still get in, in my opinion. But you look at the strength of schedule of all the other teams, I just don't see how it's going to work. Now, having said that, what's going to hurt Georgia is it's not like they've played a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Even in the SEC on their side of the, the conference. It's not like they've played just all the top more top-end teams. Because Florida, yeah, they beat Florida, but Florida's down. Okay, So, I, I just don't see it. I see if, uh, but if it's a blowout, if yeah, if 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 Georgia loses to or Tennessee loses to Georgia, I don't see ten. If and it's a blowout, I don't see Tennessee staying. I can see Ohio State taking that position or taking that. If there. the game is close against Michigan, but okay, so that's the thing. I think it will be. I don't. I, no, I, I think that Michigan's at least two touchdowns better if they play up to their potential. Yeah, Ohio State should have lost to Penn State. The, the, the only thing that helps Ohio State is they can store, score quickly, but it's not like they, again, it's not like they played any lights-out defenses yet. I've seen both of those teams play, and just on the eye test, mm-hmm. I believe that that's a two-score ball game. If Michigan does everything that they're capable of doing. As far as running the football, holding on to it, controlling the clock. Yeah. I, I just don't see. The, I, I, I definitely say it'll be. Um, it'll be a, a must watch. Yeah, it's know. a must watch. But if Ohio State can, I'm not going to say dial it down. But if they can move the ball, score, and they can really and do it well. But also control that game to where you keep, you may not win, but. Keep it close. I, I I say one score more. But then, what do you do with an undefeated Clemson or an undefeated TCU? See, this is the this is why I'm glad we're going to an, ex- an expanded playoff. Yeah. It it's feels so like, busted, though. But it feels like we're going to do whatever it takes to get the blue bloods in there. Yeah. That Alabama's got to be yeah, in Alabama's there. Alabama's got to be. Georgia's got to be in there. Georgia's got to be in there. You want Tennessee in there because that's a feel-good story for Coach Heupel and that whole yeah. Rocky Top bunch. Yeah. And somehow it feels like we want to put everybody, for whatever reason, I don't understand this because I think he's an arrogant, pompous jerk. But everybody likes Ryan Day. I can't stand the guy. I, I haven't liked him from day one. But it feels like nationally, people want him in there. For whatever reason. <laughs> you know, he was up for the Bears job at one point. I mean, you know, so it feels like people want him to do something. But then on the flip side, you've got Coach Harbaugh, who came back for this very purpose. And mm-hmm. he said, I, I feel like we can really run the table from here on out in the Big Ten. And it feels like we want to just... Now everybody to to an extent loves um, uh, 
Dabo, yeah. you know. And it's like, okay, well, we want to write off TCU because they're just in that mess that we call the Big 12. I, I, I just don't see, but how, here's my question, is how, if, if we're going to do this, then what we're telling teams, what we're telling kids is, you winning football games means nothing. Because we're going to punish two undefeated teams for doing what they should have done. Yeah. It's a sac- It's like you're sacrificing. Someone got to get sacrificed. But, but see, that's the deal. It's like you said earlier, is that's the deal with the, the SEC. You have all those power teams, then it's left down to that one margin. I mean, that one spot. And then you have that one spot, but you have... Three, four other teams fighting for that one spot. That should should get in there. Yeah, rightfully so. But it, I, and you don't want to make it a popularity deal. Like, who's more popular or who's... Because you can't say who's better than who in, in this such. Because they're doing what, like you said, they're doing what they're supposed to do in their conference. Yeah. So how do you... I mean, it's you this have to find a way to justify to get it. to to that expanded playoff. Yeah. Because like you said, you can't... It's bad for... College football, if Alabama isn't there, it's bad yeah. if Georgia isn't there. And then you have... You but ma- you can live without Georgia before you can live without Alabama. It feels like if Nick Saban's not in the conversation, the conversation is just a little less... Okay, not, well, then I can see that then. Okay, you have a point there. So Georgia and Tennessee, those are the ones you can be like, eh, you know, either or. But like Because here's the, here's the other thing I'll say about that. If you win a national championship and you're not one of the teams that's already played Alabama, mm-hmm. but they you win it, it's going to make, well, you didn't have to play Alabama. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's like there's an asterisk that you didn't beat Alabama to win the national championship. And this is my argument about Alabama. And this is what I don't get about, oh, well, they're not that, you know, Tennessee beat. Okay, well, fine. They did lose that game to Tennessee. But the only reason that we're flipping out about a game that was lost by a field goal is because they beat Alabama. Right. If that's not Alabama, we could give two craps about it. Yeah. But yeah, well, you got to. Then it's you, just another. Right. Th- this is what I understand about people that love just hounding on Alabama and wanting to put. It, it's it's. I, I sent you a deal last year about after Georgia beat them, mm-hmm. and then they turn around and beat Georgia, and then they lost Georgia again. But but this was before the national championship came. And I love this quote by Paul Feinbaum, and I, 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 it just encapsulates everything. Alabama is measured against perfection. The rest of college football is measured against Alabama. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Well, and, and that's just the reality. Alabama, yeah, Alabama, it's just like I told you, you know, we made that bet about who's going to win Tennessee. Yeah. Between. I still told you, Alabama's still that team. They just had to play discipline, yeah. which they have since that game. Yeah. And so Alabama, Nick Saban, that whole organization, they are still those guys. Yeah. You know, and it's almost as in order to be known or recognized as anything. You have to beat them. Yeah. You have to beat them. That's the pinnacle of success. And that's them. why I say if somehow they're not in the final four, it's almost like we put an asterisk beside that national champion that – yeah, you won it, but you didn't you have to play it. Alabama. Yeah. Unless it's one of those teams that's already played them and beat them or whatever. Yeah. Like, if Tennessee wins it all, it's not going to matter whether Alabama's in the top four because you've already beat them. Right. Okay? If if Georgia 
wins it all. That means that you probably have played Alabama in the SEC championship game. That means you beat them. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. you've already done that. But if one of the other teams wins, right. let's say Ohio State, Michigan, uh, let's say if Clemson somehow gets in there or a TCU, yeah. it's going to be like, well, you didn't have to play Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> and the only team that have played Alabama and beat them is Clemson. But that was that was years ago. Yeah. That was three, four years ago. Yeah. That was pre Bryce Young. Right. So you you're looking at you're looking at it's gonna be a heartbreaker for one for somebody. Somebody two teams are gonna be heartbroken. They hate to say it, but it's gonna happen. It's gonna somebody that should be in a playoff situation is not gonna make the yeah. playoffs. And this is why I was glad we went to a playoff format for college football. I mm-hmm. thought that was great. But I still felt like, okay, we fell short when we cut it off at four teams. I'm, I'm glad. I think the next uh, expansion is going to be to 12. There's still some negotiation about when that's going to happen because of contracts and TV deals and all that. But I think that that's going to give us a better indicator you yeah. know, of, of teams because, to me, any of the top ten could beat any of the, the, the right. top five. I mean, well, I, how, how many... The, so it, it's obviously going to be from the the top four conferences, with the SEC, the Big Pac ten. It, it's all of them, yeah. yeah. And so just like it is now, it'll yeah. Be and so teams. you, it'll be with that twelve team bracket. You, I think that the conference, the the way it's being discussed right now, again, yeah. nothing set in stone. Uh, if I remember right, I think the conference champions would get a bye in the first round, and then you would just kind of play it that way, and yeah. then you'd play like a home. Field advantage type thing based off of record and the whole nine yards. So it's sort of going to be like the NFL, just about. to, to an extent, yeah. yeah. But I and I, I'm feeling right now that TCU is going to be the odd man out. Oh, by far. Yeah, I think it's going to go between Michigan and uh, Clemson. If if as long as Michigan beats Ohio State, yeah, by a wide margin, yeah. If not, I mean, but other than that. I hate it for TCU because, you know, that's a Texas team. You know, um, I did not see them being as good as they, they are this in the Big 12 this year. I really thought it was going to be Texas and then maybe Oklahoma. And then when that fell apart, I thought, okay, Oklahoma State. Then that fell apart. And then Baylor fell apart. And then now it's just, well, here's TCU. TCU's been that quiet storm. Yeah. And so, so, so as it sets or sits, if we had a twelve-team playoff right now, it would consist if the if the playoff committee if their votes lined up with what the AP poll has as the top twelve. Okay, mm-hmm. because right now they don't even have Alabama in the top four, but I still think that they get in because of just situational stuff. But let's say that the 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 AP poll matched what. The voters did for 12 teams. Mm-hmm. You would have a 12-team thing of Georgia, Tennessee, if it all stopped today, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, TCU, Oregon, USC, and UCLA, Ole Miss, and Utah. Having watched all those teams, any of those teams could beat each other on any given day, in my opinion. Don't see why not. 
Now you talking about everybody? Because there's some team. Well, in particular, one team that I'm thinking of. How in the world they? Of uh, Utah? No, Oregon. Oregon seven and one. They're gonna win the Pac-12, possible. Oh. Well. Yeah, because they're gonna have to play either USC or UCLA for that conference championship. Now, Oregon's another one that everybody's trying to make an argument for because they have that one loss to Georgia, and then they've run the table. Okay, so, okay, say this, say this, say this. If everybody's trying to make an argument for, for Oregon, say, and if, they, if they're able to be in that talk, um, say they play like TCU. Would, okay. that even, would that even be a game worth, like, saying, okay, and that's a game worth, or teams that are worth deserving to be in there, be in there in the top four? Why should TCU not be in the top four? Because For that defense. Because I'm looking at, and this is the honest truth: is you look at, it's more about ratings than it is, and that's the downfall of sports that's today. I, okay, that's my point. Yeah, is it's that, more about ratings than it is about reputation and right. anything else? It's a else. business. Yeah. That's why I say Alabama. They want Alabama in there. That's what it. It's what. But, but if that's okay, and I I agree. I think that's percent the truth. But that's my argument that if that's how we're going to do this thing, then go tell those players it doesn't matter how many games you win. We could care less. And that's going to be it's, – it's the hard – basically, and that's how you get around telling them that just that is it's about popularity. It's not about how you what you do in a season. It's about how popular you are. And I believe that's why um, in 2020, Texas A&M didn't get that fourth spot. And Ohio State did. Okay, but you had Jimbo Fisher, which at the time was still a big name. Yeah, but popularity. A lot more people will watch Ohio State than they'll watch Texas A&M. Yeah, it's a ratings thing. Yeah. I, I agree. It's over percent ratings. It, I didn't agree with it at the time. I still, and I still, I still don't agree yeah. with sitting out an undefeated TCU football team. Now, do I think that TCU can beat Alabama? No, I do not. No, but do you got to at least give them a Georgia? shot. Exactly. Do I think they can beat Georgia? No, I do not. Do I think they might be a Michigan? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think that they can beat Tennessee? Probably not. But do I think that they can beat a Big Ten team? Yes. Do I think they can beat a, a, a Pac-12 champion, whether it be USC, UCLA, or Oregon? Yes, I do. I think they can beat a Clemson. They, yes, could, do I think they can be a Clemson? Absolutely. But that, I'd say, if you don't do that, and if you this this twelve team playoff bracket doesn't work out, or we don't know how long it's going to be, you at least make something for those teams. Well, they've got the New Year's Six Bowl, and but I that understand that. But that's still not playing for a championship. No. Why not just make it a six? But that's why if I'm Arch Manning. So you still have another, what is it, another year? Arch Manning, he graduates. No, 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 I'm talking about Texas. Still has another year, right? They don't leave till... 25. They have 20, two years. Oh, they have two years. Yeah. Do you really want to waste two years in a conference that it doesn't look like is going to get honored with a playoff spot? I was like, ooh, that's a really good question. If, if like, an undefeated TCU doesn't make it this year... Do you really want to risk playing for a team that may be a very good football team, but they have zero chance of being in the playoffs? I don't know, man. You look at, okay, you look at these quarterbacks now. Now, some of them not even, 
good per se, but or but you look at uh, where did Zach Wilson come from? Well, he was he, a BYU. BYU. But but BYU should have been in the playoffs that year. Remember that was the year that everybody argued that they should have made the okay, playoffs. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about this also. Uh, Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State. Well, yeah, guys get drafted out of like Tom Brady. You know, well, okay. But so Michigan, that's but. that's what I'm saying is, if the draft is still that type of way, it would matter. Now, if for personal reasons and personal reputation. But you okay, to, but, but the draft's matter. not that way anymore. Now they're drafting guys who already have national exposure. Okay, to, to an extent, like you know, they get. I'm not saying I like, like uh, Kenny Pickett didn't play for the playoff team, but he got some standalone games because they had a pretty good year. Yeah, he got some national exposure. Malik Willis was the same way. Uh, Matt Corral, of course, was at Ole Miss, so he's playing the Alabamas yeah. of the world. Um, but but if you're Arch Manning. Do you really want a chance playing? Because if an undefeated TCU team is not going to make the playoffs with that defense and that record and just the way they play football, then even if you win the Big 12 at UT, what in the next two years is going to make the playoff committee go, okay, now you're in? Because the, 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 the Big 12 as a whole is not getting any better. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. As Arch, for Arch Manning, I say, it's like I said, it's about how he sees himself, you know, being developed and going into the next level and playing. But, like I said, right now, nothing has been signed. Nothing has been been, been put yeah. into paper. He still has time to change his mind and say, you know what, I'm going to go stick and I'm going to go to the SEC. I'm going right. to play in the SEC. That way I get national exposure. And uh, I have a chance better to chan- Yeah, better yeah. chances. He still has time to do that, and we, and we share this conversation around him. But I that goes for any recruit. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of guys coming back. I mean, coming out behind him that are just as good, exactly. probably if not better. Yeah, and so I mean, this is what the quarterback stance or quarterback recruits look like in the next following years because you have you have him, and then you have some guys this year as well that have seniors that are coming out. But then you also have the guy, the same quarterback that beat him in the state game that's better yeah. than him, that was a yeah. sophomore at the time. And so you have a lot of players that's going to want this national exposure. But if you have, if you still have, and, and say in the next two years, you know, Texas is out of, out of the Big 12 and they're in their first season in the SEC. Right. You have that quarterback that beat Arch Manning in state. Now he has an opportunity to say if he wants to go play for Texas, he Just can. Just step into that. Because yeah. it's in the SEC or and Oklahoma. And he's going to be in the conversation to play for a playoff spot. Exactly. It just so happened that it's bad. It's, it's bad timing, so, I guess you could say, for Archie Manning because he's walking in. He's possibly walking into a Texas team that has already set their quarterback position for the next two seasons. Yes. And you could possibly go to the uh, SEC. You could possibly go to Alabama, Georgia, uh, Ole Miss, Anywhere in the SEC and say and get a starting position. Yeah, it, it just it's, it's bad timing. But like I said, nothing has been signed, nothing has been put in pen and paper. But even then, he still can enter into the transfer transfer portal. Yeah. So I I say for Arch Manning and like you said, we base this around him. But I say for him or any player like him, is to really consider what you're wanting out of your college experience. Right. As a player and as a student, 
because I'm not saying Texas, University of Texas isn't a uh, Austin isn't a uh, good school, but I'm saying you in the SEC, you have bigger exposure, probably possibly more opportunity, especially from a football standpoint. Yeah, and yeah, so that's what you have to look at at the end of the day. And I believe Arch Manning, for him to pick Texas, it has to be a developmental thing. Yeah. It has to be. Other than that, because you look at Texas. I think the thing that hurts Alabama is the uncertainty of the offensive coordinator position because it's kind of out there that Bill O'Brien would like to eventually move back to the NFL at some point. So it's kind of, okay, well, then who would you bring in? Who, you know, who, who becomes the offensive? Now... The last three he's plugged in there have worked out very well. Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, and Bill O'Brien. I mean, you know, yeah. it's worked out for Nick Saban, but I'm just saying you're kind of looking around going, okay, who who next? Uh, you know, and, and that might be the thing for Arch Manning is just kind of looking uh, at that, that standpoint. But a lot to, to work through uh, on the college side of things moving forward I think this weekend goes a long ways in determining some things as far as the point margin between Georgia and Tennessee, uh, depending on how that goes. Going to the NFL, Cowboys win. Yeah, and I kind of want to hold on to that Bill O'Brien thing. Yeah. Go ahead. So, Cowboys win. Mm-hmm. Questionable play calling at half. And this is where I want to talk about the Bill O'Brien thing. Okay. Say you know, he's looking for an NFL job. Now, is he looking for a head coaching or to be a coordinator? I think he wants to just ease his way back into the NFL one way or the other. If he goes as a coordinator, I, I'd say that Cowboys would be a place for him to go. Because he almost went to the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, again. Yeah. I And I say this is because Kellen Moore, I think he tried to get greedy. Yeah, he tried to put the death nail. Yeah. Just run the football. Yeah, run the clock out. Even if, matter of fact, the way Tony Pollard was running yesterday, he may have scored. Yeah, and so guy got three touchdowns yesterday. He may have scored. Right, and so just run the ball. And it was it was a good throw by Dak. Um, it just the safety. I mean, just better play by on the defense for. Hey, he just popped up. And, hey, yeah, there's the ball. It's good. It was a good play. But that's not the thing. It's the why you're passing with 28 seconds left in the second, quarter, the, second quarter. And if you're going to run a pass play, why do you run it to the middle of the field anyway? Exactly. Where run it to gets, the side. And, and you're, everything gets bundled up. It's just a, I, I didn't understand the play call. On the flip side, Cowboys win. Cowboys win. Okay. Cowboys win. Some some takeaways from that. So it was interesting to me because, you know, uh, Pollard has a breakout game. Yeah. So... I think Jerry, I don't know if Jerry's learned his lesson from the whole Dak Prescott comment or what, but they interviewed Jerry after the game because Jerry's always available. <laughs> and Jerry goes, well, there's no running back controversy because when Zeke comes back, Just he's going to be the up, star. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> who, ever, who said anything about that? <laughs> that was the first words out of his mouth. He said, let me go and address that right now. There won't be a controversy when Zeke comes this back. That, he's I, a starter. I would have raised my hand, Jerry. Who said that? No one said it. it, it no. One, but it was like he wanted to get that out of the way. But I think I think Jerry is saying stuff like that not to appeal to the media as far as the reporters, but to appeal to the fans that are on social media talking. That and to appeal to the players. Yeah, because I think I, without him coming out and saying it. It bothered Dak, mm-hmm. what Jerry said, because immediately Dak's like, oh, I'm good. I want to play. Yeah. Well, 
Dak's not 100 healthy. You can tell that. Not. I mean, he's got his other thumb bandaged now. Yeah. He's got both thumbs are kind of, <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> You're a quarterback. Kind of need your thumbs. Yeah. Um, He's not 100% healthy. He's not a franchise quarterback. Now, he may make the playoffs. He may win some playoff games. But he, in the end of the day, we all know he's not a franchise-type quarterback. Your identity is in that backfield. Yeah. Right in the football. But see, that right there is what makes him a franchise quarterback. If they if they, if they stick, and this is why I say with Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore is such a pass happy guy. And it's, well, he's not a franchise quarterback; he's a franchise game manager. Okay, well let's just call Kinda it like that. Rant, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, well let's just call it that. That's what makes him that. Yeah. If they stick to Dak's true identity as that, then that's where the Cowboys are okay. And as we're seeing right now, they're doing just that. Exactly. Yesterday he had eighty five yards passing, one touchdown. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. He, he completed five out of six passes. Just do that. Just yeah. run the football. Stick with that. Get behind that defense. 200 yards rushing yesterday. Yeah. Over 200 yards rushing That's from both what teams. That's um, But that was, a, that was a good game to watch. Now, yeah. that was the most points put up against the Cowboys uh, thus far this season. Chicago's got a good ring at Yes. And if I was Chicago with Justin Fields, you keep that same thing going. And you've got kind of a Lamar Jackson prototype with Justin Fields back there. Yeah. Uh, he can run the football himself. You, you could mix some things up, do some different things if you're Chicago. Okay, the other thing with the Cowboys, you've won your way out of the Sean Payton sweepstakes at this point. Like, uh, right? Yeah. There's no way now that we can backtrack to where we were coming into the season and fire Mike McCarthy. No, you can't. And now but, all of a sudden Jerry Jones says, I want to be aggressive on the trade front. Well, where was this four or five weeks ago when everyone wanted to play for Dallas? Where was this teams, a couple months ago? So, this is news that I got, information I got from my brother because he keeps yeah. up with the sports world uh, extensively as well. Is that... Jerry Jones is getting calls from other owners willing to trade. Yeah, you know, we'll, hey, we have a rec- we have receivers or a receiver that we are willing to trade to you and, for X, Y, and Z. And now all of a sudden, he's being mentioned again in the OBJ sweepstakes. Exactly, because and now he's interested. Yeah, or was that interest a couple of three weeks ago, man? Or at the beginning of the season? Yeah, I, I just but it. Right now, Dallas they do need they to secure that kind of lock that wide receiver chart in. They need another receiver, yeah, to make it to be safe because you know Noah now, Noah Brown didn't play yesterday. Yeah, Kellen, if you're listening, if you get another receiver, that does not mean you have to throw the ball fifty times a game. No, that just means you have some surety just in <laughs> case. That's all that means. Yes, yeah. but when you mention that. Where was this at the beginning of the season, or heck, even in the off season? But that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's what I said in the, the the first couple of weeks of our show. I said it's like Jerry Jones is gearing up for Sean Payton, mm-hmm. and I think that's exactly what he was doing. But now Mike McCarthy has figured it out, and now all of a sudden he's winning football games, and Jerry's like, "Well, I'm not going to get that guy, so uh, <laughs> might as well win a Super Bowl." Yeah. So this is. But this has been Dallas' identity since after this first game. Is that they're not going to put them out. 49 points was the most they scored thus far this season. Yeah. Uh, that was because they had to. Because there was a point in the game where it looked like Chicago was within five points. 
Yeah, of coming back. Of coming back. Yeah, thank you, Kellen Moore. Yeah, so they had to put up 49 yeah. to make it secure. Because um, even then, Chicago was still driving the... The defense held mm-hmm. up good enough, but Chicago was still driving the ball, uh, driving the field. But other than that, Cowboys have been putting up within the 20 points, 30 at the most. Yeah. But they've just been winning with what they've got, and they've exactly. been doing good. And it looked good. You don't have to win every game putting up 40 or 50 points. No. No. And and most teams like that, now, while that looks pretty for the score charts, most teams like that, when they hit adversity, you won't see those type of scores afterwards. Yeah. You'll start to see those within the 20s, the close games. Yeah. But that's this is Dallas's identity. They found it. Now stick with it. You you you're two hundred plus yards running. Yeah, come on, man. And this is this is what the Browns should be doing. This is what now. Well, the Browns played tonight. Yeah, that could be interesting. So, Bengals are only favored by three and a half. Ah uh, well, Bengals. It's the Browns. I, up. Yeah, only I, by three and a half. Now, I understand you're on the road. You're in Cleveland, but it's not like you got Deshaun Watson. Exactly. I mean, got Jacoby Brissett. But what well, Cleveland is exactly what we predicted at, at the beginning of the of this. Yeah, they they turned out to be the train wreck that we yeah. all thought they would be. <sighs> that, and all of a sudden, it's gone real quiet on that other lawsuit with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't know if they. I haven't heard anyone say that they've thrown out some money. This was like quiet. Maybe Goodell's paying out of his pocket at this point. <laughs> Sorry. If that's the case, uh, just go ahead and get rid of Deshaun Watts like Bantam. Just man. be, yeah. Tampa Bay loses again. Go home, Tom. Go home. That's all I, like, that's all I have to say at this point. Like, Tampa Bay is not a good football team. They're not going to be a good football team. No. I... I had a, you know, this, this past week, you know, it was... Put out there in national news media that the, the him and uh, Giselle's divorce was final. You know, yeah, was set in stone. They're getting a divorce. You know, there's no at this point. It doesn't like there's going to be any kind of recon, uh, reconciliation because he didn't come home. Yes, and so <laughs> uh, a friend of mine said, you know, you for the sake of football, you jeopardize your marriage. Your relationship with your kids, and then at the end of the day, you go home to a broken family, and then you jeopardize your legacy. Your career. So was it at the end of the day? Was it worth it, man? That's why I said I'm not going to say it again. I've said this for the last two months. Tom Brady, man, just retire. Well, somebody needs to ask Tom. What did you think the what season happened? was going to be? Yeah. Like, did you really think that you were just going to step back in there, you were going to get Bruce Arians replaced, it was going to be your football team, and you had unfinished business, and suddenly you were going to win the Super Bowl? No. You couldn't have looked at at Kansas City and said, we're going to beat them again. You couldn't have looked at Buffalo and said, we can beat them. You couldn't have looked at some of the other NFC teams. I mean, I know the NFC is kind of whatever, but you couldn't have looked around and said, we're guaranteed to even represent the NFC in the the playoffs uh, in the Super Bowl. I, I I just don't know what he thought. Now, I understand. I think initially this was all. I'm gonna come out of retirement. I'm gonna go to the Dolphins. I'm gonna get to be part owner, so I can kind of really set my schedule. I'm gonna get closer. Whatever. Giselle apparently was okay with moving to Miami at one point. I think. 
that fell through. When that fell through, it should have been nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean, go on to, sta- go on go to CBS. But instead, it was, okay, now the I'm going to try and get trade to San Francisco. And then yeah. they said no because they were sold on Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, if I want to play, I have to play in Tampa Bay. I want to play football. So I'm going to go back to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I, I, the the whole I, I don't understand. He knew Gronk wasn't coming with him. You know, mm-hmm. Gronk's not coming back. That's not going to happen. That whole deal just doesn't make sense if you're Tom Brady. Um, just from a legacy standpoint, you you know you didn't win it all last year, but you lost to a very good football team. Yeah, you could go home and say, you know what, we gave it our best country try. We just fell short. And, and and you could run off into the sunset. Nobody would have blamed him. Yeah. But now you are on a train wreck. Everything's become public. You were caught up in a in a tampering scandal. I mean, now I, I understand most of that got pushed off on Miami, but you were still a part of that. It became very public. All the plans you tried to make to go back home to San Francisco, they did. They said no. They didn't want you twice. Okay. Um, that became public. Your marriage became public. All, all of it, you know, this idea that now you think you're somebody that you're not has become public knowledge. I, I, I just didn't understand that. And at, at the end of the day, those are the type of questions that he's going to have to face and answer. Um, what did you think was going to happen? I, I, I just don't well, it's just like it's just like I, I told you before. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick should have set their differences aside. Whoever else was involved should have set their differences aside, and Tom Brady should have retired in New England. Yeah, in New England, because you look at the the difference between Tampa Bay and New England. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady with New England, even though if they were down, they still could have been really good. Yeah, because Belichick uh, is just that coach. Right, he's you know he's that type of coach. And Tampa Bay, even with Tom Brady, they're down. They're just down. Right. Because Period. Yeah, because they don't have the same coaching staff. They don't have the same mentality. It's, they don't have the same ownership. They don't, they don't draft the same. Right. And so, Tom Brady should have just... He should have just stayed in New England and retired a Patriot. That's where you got most of your success from, or that's where it's happened. Why not stay there? I mean, let's be grown-ups and push our differences aside, agree to disagree, and just finish finish your career out. Yeah. You know? But now you're seeing... Now we're starting to see a Tom Brady is... No matter... It's not the Tom Brady to where it looks like, oh, no matter where Tom Brady is, they're going to win. Yeah, no, that's, and that's not, not true. true. We're starting not, to not see true that. at all. Uh, just a sad... That, that's sad to me to watch that demise... Another quarterback that's caught between a rock and a hard place is Aaron Rodgers there in Green Bay. They lost to Buffalo 27-17. Everybody saw that coming. But at what point does Aaron, and this isn't Aaron's fault. Mm. This was, we're going to bring you back. You get to be involved in personnel decisions. And then it's, oh yeah, we're going to trade away all your best (laughs) players. Have fun. And you lose your offensive coordinator. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Now, they it depends on what Deshaun Adams wants to do. Or Devontae Adams Devontae, wants to yeah. do. Uh, they could still go out and trade for him and get him back. 
Yeah, you know he's gonna have to. He wants out. Yeah, because he's not. Things aren't going well in Oakland, Las so, Vegas. Well, see, this is the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. Things aren't either way. Things aren't going well there. Yeah, that's a dumpster fire. Yeah, and so and then you may still be able to go back and get Scantling. Those are your two top receivers that you have. So that organization just shot him in both of his legs and gave him a contract <laughs> and left him to bleed. Yeah. But okay, that that goes back to your point about Belichick. Because I'm glad you you brought that up. Josh McDaniels leaves again to be a head coach. Can't mm-hmm. win without Belichick. Tom Brady leaves. Can't win without, without Belichick. Belichick. At the end of the day, you're a better player and you're a better coach because with of Bill Belichick. Belichick. It, it's the same way with Nick Saban. You're a yeah. better player and you're a better coach because of Nick Saban. Yeah. Period. That's why those guys are the greatest of all time, right? And they will go. They will go down. It's the same. Yeah. But that's not that exactly why I said that because you you look at it now. Patriots. Well, they won Sunday. Patriots. Won yeah, they Sunday. did win. Yeah, they're four and four. So that's what I'm saying. Even they got like that I said, turn around. Even when they're down, they're still good. Because he, Bill, he knows how to manage a team, manage a season. To put himself in a position to win football games. Yes. And so... But speaking of him, giving all the bukus to him, you know who I think should get Coach of the Year? Who? Pete Carroll. <laughs> Seattle wins again. They may be my Seattle Seahawks. Man, They may I... be a dark horse favorite team of mine all of a sudden. Because, okay, well, you talk about a flip of the script. Coming into this year, everybody thought Pete Pete Carroll's the old curmudgeon who just won't change, and Russell Wilson's the good guy who got hurt. Now it's Russell Wilson's the jerk that can't win a football game, and Pete Carroll's the genius that got rid of him at the right time. Well, and and, and another thing about that is now the Broncos won yesterday, or uh, yeah, yesterday in a a, a game that nobody could watch because it was played in London and it was on ESPN Plus. At like 9 o'clock in the morning. Somebody paid attention. They beat the Jags. I want to talk about that in a minute. But still. It's not a win. Pete Carroll deserves Coach of the Year. Hands down. Why not? No. Why? Because all you did was get rid of, uh, of, of, of Wilson. And now you're winning football games again. You might make the playoffs. Now, I I won't say he should get coach of the year, but I do say who should get player of the year. Player of the year should be Geno Smith. Well, yeah, but why does he not get coach of the year? Why are you so anti-Pete Carroll? I'm not anti-Pete Carroll, but yes, I'm just saying this there's is, nothing special about what he did. What did Pete Carroll do to you as a child? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, because, that's because, because Texas, now, my Texas Longhorns beat his... Uh, okay, but... The, yeah, see, exactly. You have no reason to be butthurt. They I'm him. not, but I'm just saying he doesn't deserve why that not? title. Because it even came out that now it was Russell Wilson's decision to throw the football there to lose the Super Bowl. And we've tried to hang that on him for years. And you've got former players now saying, okay, now that Russ is out of the building, we can tell you the truth. Richard Sherman says that Russell Wilson was one of the worst teammates that you could ever have, or, or uh, Mar- Marshawn, it was one of the two. I think it was Richard Sherman. Said Russell Wilson was one of the worst teammates that you could have in the NFL. Wow. 
that he's not who everybody said he was. So that he was he was pompous. He was it was all about him. He always came out with it. You know, like right now they suck. And you ask him a question. Oh, you got to face adversity. You got to you got Broncos country. Let's ride. Like no, (laughs) you know. And then the the stupid story about him doing high knees on the plane. You know, on the way to what the crap, man. Like it, it, it's coming out more and more, and sometimes that happens. Yeah, like players get insulated by local media, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's harder for the national ones to pick them apart, and players aren't don't feel like they can really talk and, and and those type of things. But when those guys leave and they go somewhere else, now they don't have the insulation, and now that frees some of their teammates up or former teammates up to kind of talk and to go, "Hey, this is what was going on inside the building. Here's what you didn't know." Well, and while you thought it was poor, pitiful, let Russ cook, mm-hmm. and the reality was the times that we let Russ cook, he screwed up. So I'll know. say this. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. It's a different conversation. But I'm back to Pete, with the Pete Carroll deal. This is why, because it kind of feels like if he was to get coach of the year, it would be based off of morale rather than coaching skills. No, it is, though. He's playing foot, uh, good defense, it's, and he's running the football. That's what he wants to do, and he's succeeding at it, and he's proving that it's more about him than it was Russell Wilson, that the success was more about him than it was Russell Wilson. Okay, so why shouldn't Bill Belichick get it? He's still doing good without Tom I, I'm not saying he shouldn't. But that's what I'm saying. Okay, but I, I'm just... I'm just saying, like, to me, they're kind of in the same boat. I say, I say, if they were in the same boat, Belichick gets Belichick gets it, and Geno Smith gets Player of the Year because this is the thing about Geno Smith. Everybody thought he was dried up, you know, he was yeah. wasted away, he was a bust. He comes back, and now he's leading to the Seattle Seattle to win. They beat uh, a good New York Giants team yesterday, big, you know, mm-hmm. twenty-seven to seventeen. And so you play, you're playing. To your caliber now, you're doing what you do best. Mm-hmm. He's showing I'm not a bust. All I needed was a chance and someone to build around me and to make make me the quarterback that I know I am. You know, yeah. And that's just, and that's what Pete Carroll's doing, and that's what you know. But he should get Player of the Year. I, I don't see as a as a coach. All they so, did was get. So you're rid saying of, he should get MVP or comeback Player of the Year? Well, comeback player of the year, okay. not MVP. I don't at this point. I don't know who's going to be MVP. Uh, Josh Hurts or Josh Allen. Yeah, one Josh two. Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen's probably the favorite. But then you got Jalen Hurts, close second. Michael Parsons is in there. Yeah. That that man. But that, that's probably your top three. Yeah, easily. Um, but. I, well, I, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, well, just... Mahomes is still putting up... Well, let's say just top four right there. Or say... Well, no, I'm going to say Saquon Barkley. I guess you could... Yeah, possibly, but they got beat yesterday. Yeah. Now, what would be interesting... Nah, nah, nah. He can He would have to play a lot of board games. Who? I was going to say Tony Pollard. No, Pollard's not going to get it. He's yeah. not a starter. Yeah, that's why I was... By his own owner's... <laughs> Words. That's why He's I said he would have to play starter. a lot more games starting. He would have to beat Zeke out as the starting running back yeah, and, and get that, the majority of the carries. Now, if he if he did and he ran like he did yesterday, that's a conversation. Yeah. 
He could, but, okay, he so, could run his way into the conversation. Okay, but this is... But not as long as Jerry's in charge. <laughs> this is what I've been... So this is my thought about that. It's people... is like, oh my gosh, Zeke, uh, Tony Pollard... And, Tony Pollard's been doing this for the last two seasons. Yeah. This is nothing new. He did it last year. He stepped up when Zeke was out. Um, he did he, he did it, you know. He carried the load. Just like he said he would do. Mm-hmm. This is nothing. Seeing this of Tony Pollard is nothing new. This isn't nothing that's just starting to happen. This isn't a conversation that's just starting to be brought up. This has been being talked about. This has been happening. He's been playing this way since he's been in the NFL for these last for these three seasons. And so with Tony Pollard, he he can he he's showing like, hey, I, I, I am capable of being the number one back. Now, whether or not Cowboys want to continue to wants to keep him, because um, he has like I think two a year or two more on his contract. But why not keep him? It would be great for them to keep him. I, but the way he's playing, would you not say that he could go somewhere else to be a number one back? Oh, yeah. If if, if Zeke wasn't there, he'd be the number one back in Dallas. And yeah. There's plenty of teams where, yeah, he's but, the number but one. But right for, for the sake of the team, it's better to keep him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But there's not very many teams I can think of off the top of my head where he wouldn't be the number one running back. Exactly. New York, maybe. I mean, he probably wouldn't. It'd be the same situation over there as you've got with Zeke. Is that but well anywhere else? Well, of course not Tennessee because you have Derrick Henry. Um, he could be the number one back at the Rams. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, the majority of teams you would think Pete yeah. Carroll's probably like licking the shot. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, exactly. Please do. Like, I mean, but I mean, so. So and all of a sudden, that's not happy. like a bad place to go. No, because it's a run-happy team. And you don't have to deal with Russ. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, okay. Now let's 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 talk about uh, Russ for a little bit. Now, bro, you said the Broncos won, right? Yeah. They they beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville. And to only, me, that's not a win. That's not a win. No. And you but, played but them he in said, Broncos country. Let's ride. No, they all rode, flew all the way to London just to beat a sorry Jaguars team. And by the way, Trevor Lawrence is not who we thought he was going to be. I'm sorry. He's not. Well, He's not the quarterback everybody thought he was going to be. He gives up the ball too much. His decision-making is awful. Well, someone should have checked his QB IQ before they got but, him. Okay, but here's what we do with these quarterbacks. is We look at them and we go, they're the best quarterback in the country. But we look at the fact that they've got 20 Division One receivers that are all going to be first-round draft picks in the NFL yeah. around them. They play on the best team in the country. Now, people will use that argument with Bryce Young. Bryce Young's decision-making is impeccable. Regardless. Also, his ability to go out there and anytime he gets the ball, it doesn't matter how much time is left on the clock, you believe Alabama's got a chance to win that yeah. ball game. He's kind of like, I mean... It's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers. Or the Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, you you just always feel like as long as he's got time on the clock, he can win a football game. You didn't ever get that with Trevor Lawrence. The reason Trevor Lawrence was so popular is because Clemson was so flashy. Now, he's not surrounded by all those cats. And all of a sudden, it's on him, and everybody wanted to put it all on Urban Meyer. Well, now you've got Doug Peterson, who's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, 
And Trevor Lawrence still can't win big games. Well, they put it all on Urban Myers because that was the big part of him going to Jacksonville is if they got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he said, I'm going there because we can get Trevor Lawrence. Yes, it, but it's just like you said. He had all those guys over in Clemson. I mean, not just the receivers, but running backs. Yeah, you, you, exactly. You, I mean, you, had the, you had the whole package. And now you're at a team and you're like, oh, well, uh, my receiving core was ten times better than you guys. Exactly. Uh, but let's go figure this out. You know, like Now he, he feels like he's got to be a quarterback, and he's not. The week before, he blew a game because he can't hold on to the football. Uh, he, he, he makes poor decisions when when it's crunch time. He's not a starting quarterback. He's not a star quarterback in the NFL. Just not going to happen. Not going to happen. Well. So, uh, finishing up the show here in the NBA, Luka uh, tied a record last night with the one and only MJ. Oh. What's that record? I didn't see it. Let's see here. Oh. I'm telling you, man. With Luka okay. in the... He in becomes first player since Michael Jordan has scored 30-plus points in first six games of the season. Hmm. Uh, Jordan did this in uh, 86-87 season, but his streak ended after six games, which means uh, Luka Doncic has a chance to surpass him Wednesday against... The Utah Jazz. Ah. How about my Mavericks? They're doing good. How about my Mavericks? They're doing better than my Lakers, even though the Lakers won last night. For their first win of the year. First win of the season. But that's ridiculous. You're the Lakers. Got LeBron James. Okay, and you're right. You're you're right. And another thing about that is it looks bad on the Lakers because you went and got... All these players, right? Mm-hmm. You got rid of everybody on this on the, that was on your championship team. Yep, literally everybody other than AD and LeBron wow. James. And you now realizing or seeing, you could have kept those players for cheap. You could have kept Kuzma, yeah, and for 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 cheap. But now, if you go get two Kuzma back, now Kuzma is a premier player because he has a for not, for one he has a ring. Yep. And he's a, one of the sole players over in uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. And so, you get him now, you're going to have to pay him. Exactly. Well, you could have just kept him and extended his contract and paid him just a little bit more. Yep. You let Kuzma go. You let Caruso, uh, Caruso go over to Chicago. Now he's doing good with Chicago from the time he's gotten there. He's, he's been doing good. Exactly what he's been doing with the Lakers. You should have yep. kept him. Catavius Car- uh, Caldwell Pope. Should have kept him. Those were your guys coming off the bench. That was their cleanup yeah. crew. And then you let your two twin towers go into White Howard and JaVel McGee. You let them walk. Now you're struggling to find legit centers. The, the Lakers don't have a legit center. You can't necessarily count on Anthony Davis because at any moment he could get injured. Mm-hmm. And then we know that he's a shooter, but he's not consistent in physicality. He's not consistent in, 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 in his, the well, way no, he plays. According to LeBron, he's not a shooter because according to LeBron, they don't they, have any shooters. Uh, okay. And I, I agree he is a shooter. Yeah. I think he's a shooter. Well, yeah, LeBron, he's a great shooter. But the problem is LeBron doesn't think he's This is what I was saying. With that first game out of the box and then you want to go ripping everybody and now you just picked up your first win. Well, you now you have me. to kind of recount that because all they did last night was shoot. Yeah. I mean, Westbrook put up eight 
uh, 18 points. Westbrook had a very good game last night. But I, I think, didn't get to see that game. Did he start? Uh, no, he came off the bench. So all of a sudden, his hamstring works coming off the bench? I guess so. <laughs> and he did good. Because he said, I don't know how to come off but the bench. But see, and the thing about Westbrook is... He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to. They're gonna have to figure out where to put him for one. Yeah. How they want to use him, and he's gonna have to stick with it and say, you know what, this is just what this is my if role. He still wants to be in L.A. I think he gets traded. There's gonna be a fire now, sale at the dead. Well, after the game last night. Now, okay. So, but that's the thing. After the game last night, do you go ahead and say we're gonna go ahead and go through with a trade with him just to get somebody else, or do you say, okay, we see he's, he's in that role. He knows how to play it. He can play it well. Let's give him a chance. But does he want to? See, I still get the feeling that nobody wants to play with LeBron. That could be possible. That could be possible. Outside of yes man AD, I don't see anybody else wanting to play with LeBron. That could be possible. Now, Kuzma was one of the main ones. He didn't. You can tell Kuzma playing with LeBron wasn't even that championship. He didn't like it. He didn't like it because. LeBron comes in, and all the all the guys he came in with are gone. He's the only one yep. left. You know? That's ball, a bad legacy to yes, have. Ball is gone. He came in with Ball. Yeah, traded him because he yeah. didn't like him. They were gone. Ball's gone. Uh, Brandon Ingram's gone. Uh, Julius Randle. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Um, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. These guys are... Uh, D'Angelo Russell. These guys are gone. You know, they're all, once LeBron came in, well, D'Angelo Russell was going before LeBron, but the rest of them, when LeBron came in, they played a season with him, and then it was kudos, AD, come on here, yeah. come on down. Come on you know? down, and then I'm going to build a super team con, Russ, yeah. and it's like, oh, let's get rid of Russ. Yeah, and so when LeBron came, you got rid of Julius Randle, to yep. send him to New York, now he's doing good. So these, I mean, we interviewed his coach. Yeah, and uh, and, Scott, coach yeah. Uh, Scott P. Said we, he's one of the best basketball players he's ever been around. Yeah, and LeBron said, "Ah, training." Yeah, and ridiculous. I, but that's the thing is, LeBron is such a, a a big. He holds a big place on that team, and it's just like I was saying, telling a friend last night is with that is you have. LeBron, you have AD. Those are your two top play, paid guys, right? Yeah. Say you want to go get someone else. Or you want to go get a couple of other players. Well, you're going to have to play, pay those players because they're some premier players where they're at right now. Yeah. But you can't afford to because you got to pay LeBron. you got to pay AD. Then you got to turn around. you got to get ready to pay uh, you, well, the Westbrook. You're paying Westbrook. And how long will they be there before they get like Westbrook and go, yeah, we don't like this. <laughs> this is what I'm play. saying. It goes back to what I said a couple of weeks ago. LeBron should retire and start a team in Las Vegas. Exactly. Because if you can build teams as well as you want. Think you can. Think you can. And you can go and get your son. Yeah, you can do whatever the heck you want. And that's another thing is, that's to me, that's just completely wrong. I shouldn't have to sign you on a contract and part of your contract be I have to draft your son. What if I don't like your son or the way he plays? What yeah. if I don't believe he fits my system? Exactly. But you're telling me because like you're on my team, I got to have your son too. You're already old as it is. Yep. And then I got to bring in your son that I feel that won't fit into my system or my coaching style, what I want to do with the team. And you tell me I have to because it's in your contract or else mm-hmm. you won't. 
I just admit, go ahead and walk. Yep. Yeah, you can still go ahead and take Somebody's a step out that door. Somebody's going to have to grow some kahunas and just tell LeBron, you're gone. Yeah. We don't want you here. But that, that gonna that's not going to happen. No. That's not, not going to happen. But that it should. The only coach that's, that have the balls enough to do that, that I said it, uh, is uh, Popovich. Yep. He's the only one. And Phil or Jackson. Phil Jackson. There's a reason he didn't want Phil Jackson interviewed yeah, for that because job. Because Phil Jackson said, y'all need to look at trading LeBron. <laughs> he said that. And, then, and LeBron's like, get him out of the room. Yeah. Like, get him out. Now, but was he wrong? No. Was he wrong? If Magic Johnson was still there, he would have already traded LeBron. Of course. There's no question to me. But, you know, on the flip side, I guess on the more positive side of things, you, you have a Lakers team that last night looked like they were kind of starting to find their chemistry. Because they're not a playoff team. I, mm, it's still too early to tell. I don't think they're. Maybe. If they are, they're a bottom seed playoff yeah, team. Yeah, but I, I'd give them that. Because they get that play-in tournament. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe they make the play-in yeah, tournament. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd give them that much. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, But you look at it. Now, they, got, they beat the Nuggets. This is the Nuggets that beat them a couple of nights prior. Correct. Big time. And then they come back and beat them in a... It's a good Nuggets team. Yeah, a really good... With Jokic and uh, Mary? Yeah, that's a, that's a good... Now, before good Lakers team. took the lead, even when they did take the lead, Mary was shooting the lights out. Yeah. And and Jokic was hard to... Him and Anthony Davis throwing punch for punch in the first mm-hmm. the first half. But you you take that Lakers team, and it's like you said, fair enough, easy enough, you give them a... Bo- they, they're a bottom seed playoff team. Yep. And case in point, you bring up the Joker. The Joker famously said he would not play with LeBron. He and see, that's a center. Said, Don't trade me to. That's to a the center Lakers. that the Lakers could use. Yep. And there's not there's not too many legit centers left in the NBA because yeah. they're just not being produced like they were back when Shaq was coming out and uh, Dwight Howard and yep. And so when you look around, the centers that are, the legit ones are already settled. In teams that they're going to be at, be but with. you look at the te- the players that have said they didn't want to play with LeBron, the Joker, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. uh, Luca, early in his career said, "Don't yeah. trade me." Even guys. though LeBron James is like his idol, yeah, he still don't want to play. Yeah, with he want to play. Yeah, he's his idol from afar, but he looks against that guy. You know, yeah, kind of a, so these are be top players. Top players don't want to play with this guy. Yeah, Ben Simmons didn't want to be traded to. <laughs> ben Simmons don't even play. <laughs> did ben you Simmons. Like, speaking of Ben Simmons? Had you seen that clip where uh, he gets the ball? They're going down court. It's a fast break. Kyrie's already down there. He gets the ball to Ben Simmons. And Kyrie's like, "Shoot the ball, Ben!" <laughs> ben won't do and, it. And he just passes it off. That uh, that may go down as a. One of the worst trades. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that, it, you know, Harden kind of twisted your arm. He wanted out of there. Yeah. But my gosh. I say uh, that's like uh, him saying, shoot the ball, Ben. <laughs> he yelling at the top of his lungs for everybody in the whole arena to hear. Yeah. It's like, I said, that's like Drew, uh, Uncle Drew. Have you seen the movie Uncle yeah. Drew? It's like all over again where Dax didn't want to shoot yeah. it. Yeah. He's like, shoot the ball. Oh, yeah. And he just passes it. It's like, but... Ben Simmons, I don't know how he's lasted in the NBA as long as he's lasted. Because everybody is intrigued by who he was in college. Fair Every, enough, but goodness, but man. But I'm just saying that he gets a pass because so, everybody looks at his size, the way he played, and they say, one day we're going to recreate that. You're not. Sorry. So it's like holding on to hope. 
Just yeah, that, that somebody can. It was. It, it's the Tim Tebow thing. Tim uh, Tebow bounced around the NFL for years because somebody thought I can unlock that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, they can't do it. Not gonna happen. But you know, Lakers win. Uh, that's just, that's the that was kind of like the highlight game of the this this week, really, because they were zero and five. Now they're one and five. Mm-hmm. You know, still a young season. Uh, still early in the season. Uh, they got time to figure things out. Uh, other note, I guess to close the show, unless you want to talk about baseball. You have anything about baseball? Well, the baseball. World Series tied oh, yeah. for a game of peace. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, my Houston Astros, baby. Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting series right yeah, there. Yeah, it really is. But uh, last story, little story in the NBA. Uh, I don't know what Draymond Green hit. Uh, what's his name? With? What's his name? Poole? Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. <laughs> I don't know what he hit him with, but Jordan Poole is playing lights out him, right it, now. It woke him up. Yeah. You he poked a bear, baby. <laughs> He hit him with a fist of power, but hey, hey Draymond's on the side. I did that. I yeah. did that. See, uh-huh. yeah. you want you needed that punch to the face, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he knocked some sense into him is what he did. Yeah, but because um, I I look at Jordan Poole now and where he's playing now, he was playing good last year, but this mm-hmm. year it's like after that hit, it's it like woke him up. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. He came but to a yeah, new reality. So you've got Monday Night Football coming up. Uh, here in just a few moments after we get this show uploaded, you can watch Monday Night Football. You can watch the World Series if they get to play it tonight. Possibility of rain in Philadelphia. Hmm. Uh, hey, a lot more sports coming up. Yep, man. A lot more to break down. And we will see you next week. This is Good Old Sports signing out. Peace.